Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for tuning back into the Hustle Magazine. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about esports and the rise of esports, especially due to the fact of social media marketing and see what is going on in the esports community and really why we're talking about esports in 2017. Thanks for tuning back in to the Hustle Magazine. I really do appreciate it. I mean, all the guys in the office are getting a good kick out of this, so we're going to keep them flowing every single day. I mean, that's the goal anyway. But today's topic, eSports, and really what led me to today's topic was Bitcoin. Uh, there was an article published, I think it was on Mashable or uh, Unilad, about Dan Bilzerian, how he just made so much money through Bitcoin. And... Bitcoin's been, it's been an interesting one for me personally. I mean, I really haven't been following Bitcoin that, you know, regularly and hardcore like some guys, but uh, I had absolutely no idea on its value and I probably should have. So one Bitcoin to a, one, to a single USD dollar at the moment is 2,192 uh, on the stock market. But a day ago, sorry, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 2,192 Bitcoins to a US dollar. But uh, in December last year, it was looking at about 500 or 400, oh no, just over 700. So the rise of Bitcoin in the past, well, from March has been fucking through the roof. It's scary. Um, why? I, I've got absolutely no idea. I know they release, you know, they re-release um Bitcoins, like they open up as if it's a stock market, uh, and that that's when the prices rise and drop. And I've read all these articles over the past two days about how it's really risky. Um, there's a lot of falls, but then there's also also a lot of highs. So you got to brace yourself for those. Um, a couple of guys on Forbes were saying, look, it's probably good to have 20% of your investment portfolio in Bitcoin, but that's it. They wouldn't risk as you know a large stock quantity. So. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting Bitcoin, but anyway, that led me to esports because then I started thinking about. Hang on, I've heard all about Red Bull esports, and and I like to play games. I'm a bit of a COD fan as well, so you know esports. It's pretty cool, and and to think that guys are making some uh, making some coin out of playing games now is quite interesting. However, I had no idea how much they are making out of. Uh, esports and it's really got to do with sponsorship and product sponsorship but also I think brands like Red Bull getting behind esports is pretty critical and I think esports is going to be a market that grows in, in the coming you know years and decades especially with the rise of, of gaming platforms and the popularity of gaming and the fact that now it's not kind of like a underground community of gamers everyone's on Xbox or everyone's on PlayStation and really just going at it on COD which is which is pretty nice to see. Um, you know, it's nice to see an underground kind of community coming up into mainstream and really putting a lot of other communities to shame, especially when it comes to competition. I think the fact that eSports built in with, there's an amazing website called Twitch um, and, and their offering, which is live streaming of, and well, their, their offerings live streaming, basically anything from your desktop or your computer screen, but the fact that you can live stream a gaming session uh, just just dupl- uh, multiplies your audience so far, and, and that's been the real big kicker for esports is the, the rise of Twitch and the popularity of Twitch, 
the fact that Twitch's user rates are so engaged. Now you can donate to guys on Twitch and ask them, you know, hey, play me this song or why don't, why don't we hook up for a game? I'll, I'll pay you 500 bucks. Uh, people are doing everything on Twitch. They're, they're trading uh, items in the game live on Twitch uh, open market. It's an uncontrolled, unregulated market. Uh, gaming in general, uh, especially add-ons to the games and, and things you can buy like DLCs, you can trade those, it's unregulated. So, you know, it's a whole new marketplace and the rise of esports has just come out of come out of all this. Uh, I think it's great to see, you know, teams of five or four or six, however many, it depends on the game as well. You know, the whole competition layout for the teams, I think that's awesome and it really puts a focus on, on the fact that they are a team rather than an individual. I know there are some esports uh, you know, competitions that are individual ones, but you know, the team ones draw in the money and the team ones draw in the crowd. And I just think brands have done the brands in the esport market have done so well out of these massive esport competitions. You look at uh, brands like MSI, Logitech, Red Bull, you look at other brands. You know, Dell has done so well out of Alienware through this, it's a joke. Uh, but you know, they've got an all-encompassing strategy for marketing and social marketing just given to them in their lap. They've got end consumers, gamers. They're paying attention watching these, you know, watching these competitions. Point number one, they have a unique attention. Point number two, it's interesting for them because they actually play the games. So they see the product being used and then they think, oh shit, if I've got, if I've got to get better, I've got to get one of these. Brand awareness is crucial in the tech industry, as you know, because it's so heavily populated and saturated, but these brands are doing so well. And then the fact that they're able to piggyback off aspects and, and assets like Twitch, live streaming, live streaming on Facebook, and just the audience reach that's been built from live streaming for gaming is insane because these games aren't just played on a national level, they're played on an international level. So your market is then automatically turned to international, but then also your audience is turned into international as well. So some kid some kid in Sydney could just log on, open up Twitch and start a live stream, but actually, you know, 500 million people in Korea could be watching it if he's that good and if he's that well known. So, you know, these these gamers aren't to be kind of underestimated here. They're making some serious coin off Twitch and live streaming it, but also esports. And the fact that, you know, I was thinking about, well, I read an article on Masterable or, or Unilad thinking about Bitcoin. The reason why I read it was because I, I saw the headline, Dan Bilzerian makes another million. I was like, here we go. What's he done now? Selling crack. And um, probably shouldn't say that. But anyway, um, and then I, I, you know, saw it was uh, Bitcoin and um, I was quite taken back. I was like, oh, yeah, what? Bitcoin's just a currency conversion, like, you know, one Aussie dollar to a USD. And if it's a Bitcoin, it's going to be one Bitcoin in Australia and it's going to be one Bitcoin value in, in America. It's not going to change. But no, it's, it's, it's not. It's its own currency. And that took me back. And then there was an ad. I think, I think it was an ad for Red Bull Esports or an Esports comp. I clicked on it and I was just automatically engaged. And uh, yeah, hence the hence the episode today but I'd love to get some eSport guys um, or, or gaming guys on this channel to really talk about what eSports has done for them and you know part third party apps like Twitch uh, you can go on Twitch anything as well by the way it's not just games like I, I'm a road cyclist so I've got my trainer set up in uh, back at home I, I'm I'm on Zwift which is like a 
uh, it's kind of like a third world, um, you know, you log in online, it's a third world game where it's you and your avatar, you've got your smart trainer and you're, you're pedaling around this island or there's five or six courses. As you go up a hill, the resistance changes on your trainer, so it's harder to ride and so on and so forth. But, you know, there's races, there's cycling races being live streamed on Twitch every single day. And, and it's just amazing what can be done. And, and the thing that brands have to recognize is that it's not going to be pure advertising like in the past with commercials. Uh, and it's, you know, you get your 37 TV, it's 30 second TVC and that's it. It's not going to be that. It's all going to be through product endorsements and sponsorships, but then also product placement and um, brand placement as well. And that's really key. And that, that comes at a cost. It's often at a greater cost um, than, a you know, your old school advertising, but there's more bang for your buck and more return too. So the interesting thing that I found out about esports, and, and it really flows back into social media, was how esports has taken over social media for this gaming community. Every time there's a massive esports comp, it is absolutely pumped. Whether it be through Red Bull, whether it be through you know your esport, your promoter, your, your competition promoter, whoever it is, it is pumped. And when I'm saying pumped, it has got some serious advertising dollars behind it on social to get people watching and looking at the live stream. And for brands, now they're going to have to start realizing and recognizing and sorting out, look, we're going to have to jump, they're going to have to start thinking like, look, we're going to have to jump on this live stream, you know, uh, revelation and, and revolution in media. But how do we measure what we want to get out and what do we want to get out of it? Is it views? Is it eyes on our brand logo? Is it, you know, people using our product and then getting them to do an endorsement, you know, live grab afterwards or, or what's the best way to do it? And there was a really interesting strategy that Mr. Olympia had, um, last year um when i was watching that they they live streamed the actual show it was pay-per-view i think it was a hundred or 200 bucks in in aussie uh to get the pay-per-view it was like an eight hour viewing session you got every single comp bodybuilding comp come up and you know you, you saw everything but the aspect that was free and that was live streamed free for all consumers on social media was the backstage interviews so interviews with the winner, guy that got second place, third place, before show interviews, after show interviews. And I, I thought that was really, really interesting because if I didn't pay the $200 or whatever it was, I would have been satisfied with the free live stream that I had received from the uh, from from social. So that's, you know, that, that's something to think about. There's a bit of a loss on potential sale value, but you're gaining a lot of audience. I'd love to see those figures from Mr. Olympia last year, especially in the live stream, because that would be super, super interesting. But yeah, just just the way brands are using live streaming now, I think it's I think it's pretty key. And and, and one of the the best examples of it at the moment is esports. I don't really, as you can probably tell, I don't really have a format or a kind of like an agenda for these uh, podcasts. It's just coming to me, and I'm just saying it how it is and what I feel like, but. Today's topic was esports and it was specifically Twitch streaming, but I'm now going to move on to Instagram live streaming and Facebook live streaming and how they combat other platforms such as Snapchat. Now, Snapchat 
is an interesting one because it is pure word of mouth. It's very difficult to gain a large audience through Snapchat and Snapchat only because it requires one person to pass on a username tag to another person and that is like a pure measurement of word of mouth marketing. Uh, However, a lot of big Snapchat personalities promote their Snapchat username and handle on other social channels so they transfer their follower base. Great. Again, Snapchat's quite hard to um, to measure reach and, and audience rates and everything because it's only up on a Snapchat profile story for 24 hours and then it's deleted. But is that a positive or is that a negative? And that's that's really what it comes down to and the brand strategy has to come down to is how that individual, that influencer or the brand is using Snapchat, why they're using it, what communications they're putting on there versus Instagram versus Facebook versus Twitch versus any other, YouTube for example, and then really getting down in, in the nitty gritty and thinking, right, you know, users are going to go to Facebook, they're going to see our video stream, they're then going to go to Instagram, they might see a couple of hashtags which we include, we'll put them up on there, we'll put some posts up there, then they're going to check out Snapchat, swipe right to cross the stories and hey, bang, my brand is there, oh cool, they're going to go through it, but what do they expect? That's really what they expect, that's the interesting part. They expect something that is like funny, unique, personable, something that's not advertising centered and not brand centered at all. And one of the best, the hands down, the best examples of a Snapchat story for a brand for a specific advertising would be Gatorade with Serena Williams backstage after the Australian Open. I think that was done so, so well. It was Serena mucking around with a phone and they put the Gatorade filter over the top. All it was was brand placement. That's it. That's all it was, was a logo. And then I think they had some. They had a filter where a Gatorade came shooting out of her mouth when she opened it or something along those lines or, or there was a Gatorade bucket being tipped over her head. But it was something that was so, so lighthearted and easy to, you know, accept and communicate with as a viewer that it worked so well. And and many brands kind of, they, 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 they miss the mark with Snapchat. Influencers, it's quite hard to manage an influencer on Snapchat because, like I said, everything disappears after 24 hours. Sure, you get reporting and analytics, but you don't actually get to have that asset which is just staying on your channel for years and years and years like you do on Instagram and Facebook unless you delete it. So that's the issue with Snapchat. But really for guys like, or for platforms like Instagram and Facebook live streaming, I mean, Facebook live streaming is just downright amazing. We've got news channels here in Australia which are now starting to live stream their news. Nine News is live streaming Nine News at 6 p.m., which is awesome. Probably not great if you're an advertiser or you're a brand paying for a TVC slot during the 6 to 7 p.m. You know, news channel zone, but hey, Nine News understand that TVCs aren't going to be around for the next you know, 80 years. They're probably going to diminish after 20 because there's the lowest conversion and, and return on investment rates on television ads and commercials so you know live streaming that's a great way for them to engage their audience uh and i think it's working well for them i don't have any stats on it but i I believe it's working well because if it wasn't they'd probably remove it but uh live streaming on instagram is an interesting one i i know the story feature on instagram and I, i agree with that i think that goes well i think it combats snapchat very well it combats Facebook quite well. It doesn't combat Twitter video as well as it should, but it does. It's pretty much blown Periscope right out of the water, uh, especially Instagram Live is just 
made Periscope non-existent anymore. But uh, so Instagram stories, yeah, I agree with. Instagram Live is a very interesting one because it's a very unique audience, Instagram. Uh, your demographic's going to be marginally different from Instagram to Facebook. So how you utilize your Instagram Live story uh, or your live stream is going to be different to Facebook. So a mistake I quite often see um, with brands and businesses is live streaming the same live stream on Facebook and Instagram. To, to me, it doesn't make sense. To me, if you're going to live stream something on Facebook, live stream the backstage aspect on Instagram, something people want to see that's behind the scenes or, or you know, unique, uh, not just the same thing because everyone that follows you on Instagram is 95% going to be following you on Facebook, so there's, you're just doubling up for no reason. You're not du duplicate, you're duplicating your content. You're not doubling the new content rate, which is an issue as well. So I think uh, Instagram live story is an interesting one. I haven't actually tuned into any live on Instagram, I don't think. I've tuned into Facebook Live. I've watched tons and tons of Facebook Live videos. I've watched a couple of YouTube Live videos. And again, the market in Australia for YouTube Live live is very minimal. I know it is massive in the States. I know Floyd Mayweather has made absolute millions on YouTube Live in the States. And that's probably another topic for another podcast, YouTube Live and YouTube Live on its own. But in Australia, we don't have a lot of pay-per-view offerings. I just don't feel it's in the market. It's not accepted in the market. You know, we've got Foxtel, which is essentially um, cable here, but that's quite expensive. We've also got a lot of free-to-air TV. So, you know, you've got that option. But now with Facebook Live coming in and live streaming, have, making people pay-per-view on YouTube in Australia, it's just not going to work unless it's a big, big-name event like a Floyd Mayweather fight. On that note, I cannot wait to see Floyd Mayweather get his ass kicked by Conor McGregor. Let's go, Conor McGregor. Let's kick Floyd's ass because I can't wait to see him hit the deck four or five times. But again, that's another podcast. But YouTube live streaming, it's an interesting one. Uh, YouTube, uh, it's great for video content, duh. It's also great for SEO work, but... I don't see many brands using YouTube Live well. I don't see them using YouTube Live at all. And I know the reason in Australia, it's because it's not used predominantly in, in mainstream culture. But in the States, I'd be really interested to see if any of you got any comments, put, put, please put them down below about any great YouTube Live campaigns or, or videos that you've watched or streamed into, commented on, engaged with. Uh, a classic example of a great YouTube Live stream, and it's probably the only one I've ever seen, actually. I, is uh, Mutant Live on a Friday. I love their engagement with the audience. I love what they're doing. It's like a TMZ style kind of aspect of a feeling of a show. It's great. Uh, you know, they do it, I think it's twice a month on a Friday. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great YouTube Live. But they also stream that on Facebook and they stream it on uh, Instagram, I believe. So it's not unique to YouTube Live. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a good one. But Tying this all back into esports and the and the rise of the esports economy, I think the esports economy is really going to grow from aspects and assets. Really, actually, it's going to grow from assets like live streaming and live engagement, because that's what gamers expect. They now expect things to be live. They're playing live online against you know twelve other guys shooting at each other. Who is the best here and now? Period. That's it. They want it live. So things that aren't live, especially in the e-gaming e world, it's no, there's no point. So creating assets that are live and that are instant for, for the e-commerce, uh, sorry, for the e, um, 
esports uh, commerce and, and marketplace is critical for brands going forward. And I can't wait to see what Alienware and Dell and Logitech come up with next. And I really am looking forward to seeing what Facebook do with esports as well. And Twitter, uh, you know, Twitter's a great one for events. You see, you know, NFL, um, you see uh, your... All the NFL games, there's a Twitter hashtag. You know, the Super Bowl, there's a Super Bowl hashtag. Everything, everyone's on Twitter because it's at the event, it's live. Everyone's saying what they think, and that's it. Move on to the next point, move on to the next comment. So, getting Twitter involved in esports, that'll be really interesting. But to see how they do it, it's going to be even more interesting. Is it a live feed on a Twitter app that's an esports Twitter app? Is it a specific esports section on Twitter because it's it's esports is its own community? And look, let's face it, it's a pretty narrow demographic. Like I, I said at the opening, everyone plays games. Yeah, well, everyone under 40 plays games. Let's face it. No one over 40 is, is tuned into Xbox. And really, the esports kind of superstars are between the age of 12 and, I don't know, 25. It's not going to be above 30. So how they engage with that community is going to be even more interesting to see and, and to really see the rise of the e-commerce platform. But uh, that's it for today's podcast. I know I kept it nice and short and sharp and sweet, focusing on esports. But look, if uh, if anyone's got any comments, please, please, please add them below. Please email in or send in or tweet in. Actually, everyone jump on Twitter and uh, make sure you like us. It's called hashtag Hustle Magazine. We're at hustle underscore. Oh, sorry, at the underscore hustle underscore mag. Uh, send us your questions. Uh, we'll be doing some live streaming of our shows coming up. That'll be pretty interesting when I when we decide who else is going to join the panel at the Hustle Magazine. So get involved. Get your questions in so we've got something to at least talk about that's relevant to you. If you want to come on board, if you want to do a you know a bit of a Q and A on this. By all means, if anyone wants to hook up and link up in this podcast, send us a message. We'd be loving to have you on. But uh, until tomorrow, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like us on Twitter. You follow us on Twitter. You like us on Facebook. You get involved and you get hungry and you get hustling. So thanks and we'll see you tomorrow.